Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for December 15th of 2017. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Wallace from HockeyHits.com. Welcome back. Uh, last week, schedule didn't work out. This week, it did, so we're glad to be back. Uh, thanks for staying with us. Got some topics that we did want to cover last week and some questions that people sent in as well that we'll get to. Uh, one of those topics uh, was Seattle getting an arena deal and the possibility in all likelihood of a, a new NHL team in the Pacific Northwest, which I think would be a great thing. We have Eugene Melnick doing Eugene Melnick things. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost oil is oiling. It's like the Senate is a senator. And, um, you know, he's highly offended that uh, the one of the best players of his generation wants more than a his fair share of money, which he's well, been it's on not a, more than his fair share. It's his fair share. That's the thing. I don't think he's asking for more than he deserves. Yeah, I phrased that poorly. He deserves he deserves double what he's getting now. But correct. Um, Pittsburgh is um, treading water, I guess, and that would be just slightly. Just now, nah, their head's kind of below now. I think they're uh, out of the playoffs. They're out. They're they're out of the playoffs. They do not have games in hand. They've actually got a losing record. So there's a lot to um, unpack there, and we'll you know we'll spend a good time on them. So that's the outline. I think we'll um, start with Seattle. Look, as long as the Seattle Supersonics come back, I'm good for a hockey team in Seattle. Yeah, you've always been a Sonics fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, that'll be great. It, it, a lot of positives in, in getting them over there. Um, you can see that the expansion money is the the big thing that the league's obviously wanting to, to grab, considering how much they got from, um, from Vegas. But um, I, I hope they can make it work. It would be great to have a... A sports team that close to Vancouver, um, the rivalry there should should really light up. It'd be you know Calgary Oiler esque, I suppose. Yeah, I um, I'm I'm excited for that. I I don't know if there'll be an expansion team though. I I don't think that's clear cut. I think there's some potential franchises that could move there. I can't see the league. That I reckon that's their last resort. No, no. I I think there will be 32 teams. Eventually, they'll get another expansion fee. I just don't know if it'll be Seattle's. So are you are you suggesting that it might be a desert team that moves, or do you think it could be the Senators because they'll get sold by Melnick? Honestly, I think the Coyotes are always you know at the forefront of this, given their tenuous situation down there carolina i know they just got a new owner but you know i think he had to put an ie moratorium on moving the team or something like that in that contract though so oh okay i i I could have that wrong i I could all right let's move it up north then the islanders they're in desperate need of a building and there's no agreement right now I thought they were trying to get something done in Belmont. Correct, but that's not... You know. oh, that's not finalized. Okay, right, yeah, there you go. 
How can you blame Tavares for not signing with all this bullshit? Which sort of sucks because the, the, to be honest, I'm not really sure how with that roster. I mean, some of those young guys have come in and, and been absolutely unreal, but they've got a good team this year. Like, if there was any way Garth Snow could try to point to on the ice to say, please stay, this year's the year that they can do that. So I think the Islanders are, um, I'm not predicting them to move, but, mm, mm. you know, when yeah, you start no. looking through some of the teams, they don't have a rink. <laughs> Brooklyn yeah, don't want work. them. Nassau is not functional. Belmont, it's going to have to work or they're, they're going to be moving. Yeah. I suppose the timeline for the Islanders with all of that would probably work by the time the the Seattle arena is built. Do you know what I mean? And then you're because it might be ready for a couple of years. And then you're talking about um, expansion fees potentially in Quebec City, or uh, they threw Houston's name out there. I like the idea of Houston, to be honest. I do too. Um, I, I'm not anti-Southern expansion, especially in it's like the fifth or fourth biggest market in the country. Yeah. No, no. It's, it'll be interesting to see if they do, you know, lob into Houston, whether they play just play out of, <clears throat> you know, the Rockets Arena or whether they go and get their own arena downtown. Oh, that would be – no, I'm not in favor of that. There's no reason a basketball and – Hockey can't share an arena outside of... I think Brooklyn's the only unique one that the hockey doesn't really work there. Yeah. Because where do the Houston Arrows play? Don't they play there? Maybe I'm... Uh, honestly? I'm, Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm completely I'm, wrong. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm too hungover this morning to google eyes. <laughs> I'll try and take care of it. <laughs> Houston Arrows. Uh, it doesn't really tell me much. Yeah. Nah. Toyota so, Center. The really? Toyota Center. It's one of those. Okay, things. it is. It is. It is the uh, Rockets. Yeah. So it's already ready it's, to go. Well, that's better than Seattle. Like, if well, they wanted to expand. They wanted to expand quickly, like if they really wanted to have a cash injection, then they, they're obviously after 32 teams. They could just throw Houston straight in and, and then, like you said, just move somebody to Seattle once the arena's built. Got a lockout coming up, remember? Uh, yes. Um, so depressing that nobody thinks there won't be a lockout. Like... Uh... Yeah, I'm not going to entertain that conversation right now. <laughs> <laughs> key Key Arena is being renovated, they say, but I think they're pretty much destroying it. Yeah. Level it, start again. And then I think they're building infrastructure to it, so it'll be a pretty cool situation. Yeah, that whole precinct area idea around arenas, I think, is a great one. Because you can, you can kind of make the argument if you're the owner of the team that you're you're helping the economics of the city by you know creating small business venues and all those sorts of things. So um, hopefully that works out well. So what do we call this team? 
Because I know it has to be the Sasquatch, doesn't it? Yeah, the I gotta go with Wojcinski on this. <clears throat> Seattle Sasquatch, hundred percent. He's been pushing that for years. I know, Absolutely. and I just I just heard it for the first time on the on the Puck Soup podcast. I did yeah. not know he had been pushing that for years. Um, love it, perfect, great logo. Uh, isn't your uh, supersonic mascot already the? Sasquatch. Correct. That's that's my point, and that might be what stops him from being able to do it. The the mascot might not give up his proprietary rights to his image. <laughs> Why wouldn't they share him? I have no idea. UP in Montreal was the Expos. Yeah. Well, the Golden Knights couldn't just call themselves the Knights. I mean, I don't know how that, that the London Knights, the the that's. Yep. I, I don't know how you can copyright knights. It's a basic noun. Yep. Absolutely. Whatever. But. Whatever. <sighs> so, Sasquatch, I heard, uh, what was one of the other ones? The thing with the Sasquatch is the logo could be so freaking awesome. Everything about it could be awesome. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Think about all the Chewbacca-looking motherfuckers in the crowd. Yep, exactly. That's it's the first thing I thought of when, you know, we since he popped it up again, I'm like, Oh yeah, he's been doing that for ages. And in the back of my head I've just gone, Oh, Chewbacca, everywhere. Their Star Wars nights would be great when they do those things. Yeah. Um so I'm pro Seattle. And that'll be a nice uh, destination city for a lot of fans given the uh, legality of certain substances there. <laughs> Hadn't, hadn't really thought that part through, but yes, that's a very good point. I have. <laughs> You'll go see a few games? I don't know if I can pull that off, but I'm sure people that can uh, will, you know, figure it out. <laughs> I'm trying to think what other angles uh, to come at this from. I, look, t- for me personally, all I worry about is the depth of the league in the sense that you're now asking another nah it's 50, here's the thing this will bleed into our penguins talk but you got guys like daniel sprong in the ahl yeah but that's just player asset management that's yeah but I, they're down there yeah. sorry there, there are enough players yeah i suppose it just comes down to the teams realizing that youth with flaws in its game is better than age with flaws in its game All right, so you think the depth's enough for it to handle it? Then, all right. Well, uh, I hope you're right. I, I hope I'm right, too. I'm just, you know, you, you see the kids coming through the program, USA Hockey. Well, I'm obviously USA-based, but you see the kids coming up through USA Hockey. It's a lot more skill-based and, and less um, physicality grinder nonsense. So, you know, within 10 years, I think the depth will be even better. Yep, and it's probably five years. How long do you reckon it's going to take? Like, if that arena gets up, what's that, about three-year construction time frame? I think 2020 was the year. No, it's two years, basically. Yeah, not a long time. In the grand scheme of things. Correct. No, absolutely. Um, Yeah, that's, that's actually quite fast. And, you know, Seattle's going to have a ton of corporate support. Yeah. Absolutely. He's, I don't know if you've heard Microsoft and Starbucks. 
Who? Really? Who are they? And isn't um the hell's the other one? The airplane. Boeing. Oh, they out there, are they? Yeah, so <laughs> Right, okay. It's a perfect market. Yeah. Makes you wonder why the basketball team with although I suppose all of that sort of got there after the basketball left. No. How it how it didn't survive. Did they leave before Windows ninety eight came out? <laughs> um yeah, but oh, I suppose Starbucks was big as well. They left they they have been gone for ages now, the Sonics. Okay, I'm gonna Google that. Don't don't get a headache doing it. Shut up. <laughs> 2008. They haven't been as gone as long as I thought. What color scheme do you reckon? Maybe, maybe, it, maybe it was Windows Vista that they, they got upset and left. <laughs> Everybody got upset with Vista. The pile of shit that was. Yeah. I can't. I can't believe I ran my desktop on that fucking terrible operating system as long as I did. I never got back into the Windows world until. Windows 10 was applicable, and I was like, oh, thank God, because Windows 8 is just hell. <laughs> it's basically the... It, it's mobile-friendly. Uh, it's not user-friendly. No. <laughs> All right, anything else to add on um, on this Seattle Sasquatch? Nope. Oh, all right. So... That, I've decided I... that's calling. Ottawa. <laughs> Ottawa would be well served to have an owner with slightly deeper pockets. Would you like a quote from this nutcase? Yep. Because they're coming out right now. Uh, let's see. Question to Melnick. Do you have the money to keep the senators afloat? Melnick, for how many centuries? I'm not going to blow a lifetime of working hard on a hockey team. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) No, but you blow it on a phony-ass CSI investigation of of Carlson's Achilles. Yeah. Oh, I just saw the tweet there. Jesus Christ. That man is just so strange. Uh, There was another one. I'll find it. What do you do if you're a Senators fan, though? Like, what are they? Are they 25 or 26 years in existence now? Like, how frustrating would this... 93. 93. So, yeah, they're coming up on 20. It's just... How frustrating is that going to be? Eugene Melnick reiterates he's not selling the Senators, but says moving is always an option when you own a franchise. And... Ryan Lambert with a very good point, but we're supposed to be mad that Carlson brought up potentially going elsewhere. Classic. <laughs> it's right. So yeah, Carlson uh, wants money, and him threatening to take, you know, the best contract with no home. He Melnick gets all bent out of shape, but he can threaten to move an entire team. Some owners seem to think that. You get a, a sports team, and it's just a ticket to print money, and it's not. Like, you know, he chose to buy in that market knowing that 
that market's a little bit different to most Canadian ones because it's the capital and it's a lot of in and out people, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I don't I, just it's frustrating. The Carolina are, are rightfully, you know, being looked at because they just can't fill their arena. They just can't get people in there, even though they've got a great hockey product. So, you know, I can see why they're going, but in a Canadian market, you should never be in a situation well, where you're... To, I'm not going to defend Melnick, but um, I think their situation's a little bit like Arizona, where the arena is way off the beating path. Well, it's not near Ottawa. No, I know, I understand no. that. I think if Ottawa no, was closer to the capital, uh, it would be a lot easier and better for them. Absolutely. But it's a lesson for anybody that builds an arena for this sort of stuff. Don't don't go too far away from the the mass working population. You just can't. I just, I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times, I just hope he gets the hell out of there. Yeah. I do not want Eric Carlson to spend his career in Ottawa. Does anybody? Ottawa fans? Do they? Like, they got to feel bad for him. I think at this point, they're more Carlson fans than Senator fans. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that point. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd like to see him on a team. The thing that's really weird with Ottawa, though, is that they have they do have some very good play even before they got Duchesne, who's struggled since he got there. But they they have had some really good players on that roster and still currently do. But it just doesn't feel like you're going to see the absolute best out of Carlson with that current roster. And he's almost out of his prime. So I'm are we ever really going to see that? No, no, but you think about it. Like we got, we kind of got to see Sid's prime, and then it got cut down with injury, right? Um, you know, Malkin lost a year in his prime due to a, a knee injury as well. You you have a look at um, Carlson, and it's like he's been absolutely amazing in his prime right now with that roster that he's playing with. Imagine putting him on a on a team like oh, well, you can't really use Tampa and. Um, Nashville as examples because they're not going to he's not going to be able to go there unless he does as a free agent I suppose but you know you put him on a well, put him on the Leafs with that roster in front of him and if you really wanted to give a fuck you to Melnick that's where he'd go yeah just go to just go to Toronto like and imagine that roster with him being able to move the puck everyone else shifts down one on that lineup in the back end Gardner's on the bottom pairing Doughty's on the second. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about Dowdy. <laughs> but yes, you can see how you, you can Don't see how he just, it happens. Oh, boom tish. Um, you could just see how you can just see how he changes the dynamic of anybody that gets him, and how devastating it would be for him to leave Ottawa, whether it be a trade or just walking out the door. Um, it would absolutely destroy what that that current roster is, and Dorian would have a hell of a time trying to reassemble that team. Where could he go? That would make sense and be cool. Oh, Hornquist, Hornquist and Marta for um, Carlson. Straight up. That's all it needs to be. 
sound like my comment section. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because um, Dory sort of holds them to ransom to some sort of point. Like, he has to get a, a decent return of at least an NHL 97 trade, which is volume against the, the good player. Do you know what I mean? I want him to he's go to Buffalo, get... but I know that's not realistic. Buffalo I want to watch has nothing to... No, no, yeah, well, when he signs. Oh, <laughs> right. It, you know, it's, it's funny, you know. You, you sort of say Buffalo's not realistic, but say he did go there um, as a free agent. They'd be able to pay him what he wants to be worth. And... If he went there and absolutely changed that team in regards to what they can do, it would just solidify his legend. If that's what he wants to try and do and, you know, show that he can transform a team, a team like Buffalo, because up front, they're not bad. Um, they're just disgraceful in the back end. Yeah. That was selfish, though, for me. I just, he'd be on locally. <laughs> So, yeah, I just, how do you fuck around with Eric Carlson, of all people? And you're the Senators. When who, Who's going to fucking choose to come play for you uh, that's of that caliber? Well, you got to draft them, and that's, that's it. You're not, you know, I don't think Duchesne wanted to go to Ottawa. He just wanted out of Colorado. Yeah, and I don't think he had a no-trade clause either, so. Yeah. That's the other thing. He ain't signing there either. At least I don't think. Well, then you have the comments that Tourist made when he, he left Ottawa as well, and then, you know, Dorian and, and Melnick have come out and said, well, he didn't want to sign with us for that value. It's like the team is weird. Weird. Translated as Bad shit, stupid. <laughs> uh, Melnick, never change. It's like saying uh, like saying oil and media never change. Oh yeah, I think we'll take it easy on them this week. I, I can't, I can't recall anything new popping up, even with the hiatus of last week. Oh, nothing's, nothing's changed. It's still cray cray. I hope McDavid asks for. A do we trade. want to slide into? Do we want to slide into the Penguins? Yeah, there's a lot going going on there. Namely, the media losing, losing uh, three three in a row, three one goal games in a row, which you know the yeah. score wise competitive, but. They didn't even get to overtime in them, so that's 0 for 6. They're in the Metro Division. They've played the most games, uh, or nobody has played more games than them in the conference. So none of their underlying numbers point to a title caliber squad. Last in shooting percentage, last in save percentage at even strength. Sid and Gino can't carry the load the way they used to, and that's not on them. That's you know, I... That was always going to happen. Um, doesn't mean they're not great. They still are. But um, bottom six is a 
complete piece of shit, very predictably so. <laughs> All right, so are you are you lumping that third line into that bottom six, or is it just that the bottom four of the fourth line is just so terrible? Who's who, third line? Who's on there that's worth a damn? Sherry? Because they rotate. They rotate Sherry through, and I reckon Sherry's all right. They rotate freaking Hagler through there, and I, he's as much not as he's not right scored, anymore. he's not terrible. You've got Russ down there, who's certainly not terrible either. Like, if they play down... Is the issue the fact that Riley Shane just can't help create? Yeah, he's, he's starting he's to feel more and more like Brandon Sutter. He's not Brandon Sutter, because his possession's fine. <laughs> No, it, it's true. I I was looking into it, and um, he's a fourth line player on a team that wants to win it all. He's he can't be the third line guy. No, but you, we we knew that when he yeah when he got signed, that was one of the things that we said. If he ends up being the fourth line center, then Pittsburgh are in a good spot. So, I mean, Brian Rust has four goals. He's on pace for like ten. Yeah. Right? That's not enough. That's not enough but, for him. And he's better than that. Yeah, but it's shooting percentage related. I don't think it's I don't think it's general play. It's like Pittsburgh are having a really bad PDO run at the moment. Like you said, I didn't expect this team to be bottom of the league five on five save percentage. And shooting. did anybody That's crazy. that? Um Yeah, and then Matt the Murray's obviously that... not a bad goalie, so they're not stuck there. I don't believe for a second they're the worst shooting team in the league. However, however, I don't think they're nearly as good as they've been in recent years no, because that, absolutely. They, they don't have as many skilled. Their, their fourth line is unplayable. Yep, and when you've got a team of, uh, when your better players are aging, you, you need more depth so that you can play them in shorter shifts and get more out of them. How about... We've played more games than any other team in the league the last two years and a World Cup to our most important players. Maybe we should have some playable players. But no, they'll go yeah. five minutes a night with some of the... Well, I guess I'm alluding to Reeves. If it curricles, he sucks too. Anybody. He sucks. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Over, over the past... A couple of weeks, uh, I've seen a fair bit on Twitter. I think you've brought this up a few times as well, but just a general feel through my Twitter feed from the Penguins fans is, why is it that young players who have defensive deficiencies are punished for that, yet older players, or even younger players for that fact, that are defensively responsible, why are they not punished for not being able to produce offense? And when they get punished possession-wise? I just... It, it's one of those things. A lot of these it's, defensive it's really guys aren't good defensively. No, but they have the perception, so they get a pass all the time. You know, I don't, I don't get it. I would rather have some of those young guys from um, the AHL come up and be given a chance to actually score. You know, Daniel Sprong is, is finally starting to get his five v five goal production up when he was producing a lot of goals on the power play in the AHL, which was a little concerning because it's like, what is he not getting to the right spots when he's playing five on five to, I guess he's missing to the score either straight? But sorry? I guess he's been missing the net, but you gotta be in the zone to miss the net, so Yeah. And and so he's starting to he's starting to score a little better at, at five on five of late. So 
if he's starting to produce, why the fuck wouldn't you bring him up and put him in Ryan Reeves' spot and play him seven or eight minutes a night? Because that line's getting trapped in its own zone anyway. So at least with Sprong, he can individually skate the puck out. Like, he's quick enough and skilled enough to, to do that, to, to be the release for that line. But, no, we're going to stick with Ryan Reeves because apparently... It's our, not just our Reeves, though. Is, it's not. Kuhnhackel stinks. I realize. Yep. Rowney's... I, he had a three-point game against Ottawa in that blowout, and that bought him some, oh, wow. Because, you know, there's those are high-leverage games. Is that the is that the one where he scored one off his ass? No, he had three assists. He didn't score any goals. Right. Uh, and he didn't have a point the rest of the playoffs. Like I, before or after, I don't think. Yeah. He's 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 not a no. <laughs> it, and this is by choice. Yeah. Rutherford, that's, that's who is, you know. Above all else, very forthcoming in his public comments, has said the guy he wants guys like Kuhnhackel and Reeves. They, he thinks they serve a specific role. I'm going to disagree with that. I don't think they serve the team at all. No, they don't. Reeves mm-hmm. doesn't even kill penalties, so you can't even use that lame-ass Craig Adams trope. <laughs> yeah. It does. It does feel like a couple of those Bosma teams, doesn't it? Where it was just such a shallow roster. It's exactly like that right now. But Sid and Gino are five years older. It's and Kessel's probably been the most consistent best player for the year. Like this is the thing, Kessel that this team is on Kessel's back at the moment. Well, Sid Sid's been good. He's player. been up and down, though. The basic Kessel's been good all year. Sid's, you know, had his ups and downs. And and Gino, like I was trying to watch the the Vegas game before this, and Gino just looks disinterested in that game. Well, he's it's got like, Patrick fucking Hornquist on his left wing, which is like, again, the 2.0. Yeah. And uh, who's on his... Okay, so he does have Kessel, but... Yeah. And Gino goes through those sorts of just going through the motions sort of thing. But at his extended age now, it's not like when he was 25 where he could go through the motions and still be the best player on the ice. It's just that's not quite it's not quite like that anymore for Gino. So, um, and because he's so big out there on the ice, it sticks out. So they need to do something, and at least Rutherford has said, I am going to do something. The question is, with the assets that he has, both draft picks and roster spots, who do you trade to get what? Well, that's the other thing, and people were throwing me these uh, artists, like, I'm not going to get into a semantic-style argument about will the Penguins only drop 20 spots to get re... Like, you gave up and moved down to a worse asset to make your team worse. Yeah. End of story. It stops there. Well, it's not really trading. I, I don't give a fuck about it. Just shut the fuck up. I'm sorry to be rude about that, but, like, no. You traded down, which is a worse asset. Yep. There's an argument to be had that Sunquist is his equal at worst. 
with potential to be better than he currently yeah, is. I don't, I don't think so, but um, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> How is there any no, other way to look at this? It's he plays it's, five minutes a night sometimes. They're struggling to score five on five. They're actually one of the worst five. Like after being the best, they're the worst. So all right, so you, and there's no correlation you, between like they lost. You know, Benino had flaws. Cullen had flaws. Kunitz, you know, wasn't the Kunitz of old. Cullen or I said Cullen, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You know, that's a lot to say see you later and replace it with Rowney, Kuhnhockel, Reeves, somebody else. So my, my issue here is once Sullivan's been given the roster he's been given, he doesn't have to play Reeves. He hasn't. He, he but he doesn't have to be on the roster. What I'm saying is he can just sit in the fucking press box and, and he can go, I want these younger guys to come into the lineup. So I, I know yeah, that we sit there. I, I'm, we... I'm all for the younger guy stuff, but who who really is going to make a dent here? I know a lot of people are bullish on Dominic is... Simon because he did a little fancy move at the blue line and fed Sid. The thing is, though, you you need to play that. This team is lacking depth. Right now, Gensel tore it up in the AHL before he came up. Now, I'm not expecting any of these younger guys to do the same thing because none of them are doing to the NHL what Gensel did. Well, that's but the thing this... with Dominic Simon. Like, you know, I look at his numbers and he's a little bit over half a point per game. And at his age, that's not um, enough. Enough to be confident. Like, I. I I don't know. I think people are just excited to see somebody new, but is he really going to be... I don't think he's going to be better than a a Connor Sheary. That doesn't mean he can't help the team, but... But my point here is that at the moment, this team is is not clicking on all cylinders. They're not Tampa, who have got depth all the way down the lineup. You've got assets that you don't know if they're going to play better at the better level. I actually think Daniel Sprong will be a better scorer in the NHL than he will be in the AHL, and that'll be because the players giving him the puck when he gets into position will give it to him in better spots for for his wheelhouse and stuff like that. I think that works for goal scorers. When you have to rely on your teammates to get you the puck as much as as someone like Sprong does, I would trust an NHL player playing on the second or the third line to get him the puck uh, in better positions than somebody playing in the AHL. But you're not going to know that unless you play him, even if it's just for 10 or 12 games, just to see whether he's up to it. And you use that, for a, a bad way of putting it, you just use that Ryan Reeves roster spot and just rotate the guys through and just go, right, let's see what this guy can do here and give him a couple of spot shifts with the with the better guys in the lineup. It's not hard. This team is far from flying. It, why are they so reluctant to try and... See what they've got because well, they need to make moves to it change. It hasn't the been halfway yet, and I think I'm not going to really fault Rutherford too much in being patient. On let's see if this group can get their shit together. I don't personally think they are at this point. I think we're at the 33 game point, and it's like you know we're seeing similar things night after night. I, the issue is what you said. Most three P teams don't have the luxury of bringing up unknown younger guys even if that you know there's um a little bit of pedigree to them 
but their fourth line is complete dead weight. So, yep. like, is it really going to be worse? The answer to that is hell no. That and that's that's the thing that shits me. It's like Sullivan coached some of the uh, actually a substantial amount of these younger guys that are down there. So why on earth would you not get there and go? All right, I know the I know the the pluses for these guys. Yes, I know the minuses. But those minuses just cannot outweigh what they've currently got going on. They're already a shitty defensive team. Yeah, like you said, load up on it. Load up on the fact that you're an offensive push, push, push team and just have skill in there so you can try and get that shooting percentage up. To be fair, Justin Schultz being out hurts them. Yep, absolutely. Well, that must uh, make them Edmonton folk just crazy. (laughs) How can Justin Schultz be a, a player that's missed? He's the worst. <laughs> hey, I thought we said we'd lay off him. Nah, yes, fuck, you are right. I can't help it. <laughs> um, I do. Let's see. We we as as is tradition, most of our questions are Penguins related. Would I have a sprung one? Would you like it? Yes, please. Uh, Cassie, Nikki S. Cross. Bunch of people, not including me, I am violently against it. Want to trade Sprong for a third line center? Discuss. Um, it really depends on like who. Obviously, they may be a third line center on Pittsburgh, but you know, a, a lower end two C. I would think about it because they're obviously in 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 a win now thing so and quite and me, frankly after watching have... the Dupre and Pouliot stuff shake out the way it did like why do I think it's going to be so much different with Sprung oh fucking Pouliot okay that one stings <laughs> it feels uh, like Sprung's getting the Pouliot is he still uh, functioning yeah still functioning and Doing some nice highlighty real things uh, on the offensive end, and yeah, still screwing up in the back end occasionally. But pucks on his stick a lot, so that's going to happen. Yeah, his gaffes <laughs> are hilariously bad sometimes, but yeah, they really, really are. But I'll take that with the positives that that man brings any day of the week. So, are you open to trading Sprung? Yes, I certainly am. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not. Um, I'm I, not looking for it. Like, I'm not, like, shopping the guy, but, you know, they have to make a legit impact trade at some point, and he's, there's not much in the cupboard for them to, to use. So are you, having said that the way you have, are you looking at the fact that if they're going to try and shake up this roster, they have to trade somebody off the active roster, right? So would Sprong be a throw-in to make sure that you get a good version of whatever asset it is you're trying to have come back? Pardon? I I think they should trade Marta and and um, Hornquist. Hornquist because his next deal is going to be a killer, and I think they sh- he's overvalued in regards to what he actually brings to the team. Um, and Marta's probably the most likely defenseman to get back a good return. So you could add Sprong to either one of those two players to try and get back, say a a a two. Uh, a two-level center that would be playing third line in Pittsburgh, which suddenly makes their depth a hell of a lot better, even though you have lost Marta or Hornquist. 
All right, so I, I came up with some names in a blog the other day. I just went around the league with looking at centers. Some of them might not even be on the market. Bozak, Derek Broussard, Jordan Stahl, Nugent Hopkins, Sam Reinhart, and Buffalo. Stop. That's it. You could just stop right now. Stall. That's all you have to say. Well, I was going to say Eric Stahl, too. No. Okay. No. I just want Jordan back. Simple as that. I, I got one that would make sense for Pittsburgh and probably wouldn't cost them uh, too, too yeah. much. I think Pittsburgh could sign or let Cole negotiate with this team. And would it take a Daniel Sprung? I don't think quite that high. But Jonathan Marchesal From Vegas. Is exactly the kind of player that would fit financially, speed-wise. Um, I, I, I'm kind of liking that idea more and more. And his contract's expiring. Okay, that was my question. It's like, are we giving them a signed asset in coal? And that would, would be. be yeah. That's just an example, but yes, that yeah. would be. Um, and maybe even a first-round pick. You know, that's an awful lot to give up for Master Show. Are you asking for a second or a third round back with him? For a is, guy on an expiring contract? Ian Cole, who you're not signing, Hunwick is already the replacement, and a first-round first pick round. in the... You know... In that, a draft that you're hoping you're picking at right. 27... They just traded a first-round pick for Ryan Reeves. I'm not going to fucking lose sleep over a Jonathan Marcisol. I can't even say the goddamn name. Whatever. You know I mean, what if you get about. the trade, you're going to have to work out how to say it. <laughs> and spell it, <laughs> right out loud. No, I can't either. I no. can't spell that shit. I copy and paste his name. Yeah. Freaking Yost can barely say it when he keeps bringing him up all the time either. No. Um, well... Go ahead, I'm not the only one. He makes 750k right now, so it would be a nice yeah, in-season trade. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, th- you know, four four mil, right? Well, he's young. Four four by four. I mean, that would probably push the three centers to the end of their yeah. what I'm expecting to be their their. Um, ability to carry the team if they He's did that. And that's, that's, that's a fine age. Yeah, that's and the thing with you saying four mil, that's two mil less than Stall, who is older. So um it's not a bad idea. And everywhere he's gone, possession wise he's been great and his points per sixty's been good. So it's a thirty goal score. Yeah. I don't I, the more and more we talk about this sneaky bastard, that's a good choice. Haven't done a blog on it yet, but that's probably got to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a it's a good choice. I'm going to look up the, his, uh, his points per 60, 2.25 this year, even in Vegas. That's, that's first line, isn't it? That's, yeah, for sure. What's the cutoff? I'm going to start yeah. at like 2.0-ish. Yeah. Maybe it's a little higher. I don't know if that's been updated based on league averages. Um, well, if you look at it this year, it would have to be high because... There are a lot more plus points per game players this year. All right, let's see. Wait, what am I doing? 
Anyways, no, uh, I'll, 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 I'll get his last few years points per 60 in possession. I, I do think that um, that one makes more sense than some of the other ones. And um, Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a good find on your behalf. Well done. Um, there are some other ones. Galchenyuk, little pie in the sky kind of thing. Latestu, I could definitely see them going back to that well. Matt oh, I wish Cullen, they wouldn't. Uh, both Colin and Latestu, I wouldn't think too much of. I think they could get Ryan Strom from Edmonton for Ian Cole. Would you be playing Strom as the third line center? Yes. Let's be honest. You'd want to hope that he, we you'd like want to hope taking Edmonton people that don't like. Let's Justin Schultz this shit. I was literally going to say, what are we looking for a Justin Schultzing of um, of Strom? That environment still mustn't be particularly great for some of the younger guys. And this is a whole different crew now, like different coaching staff, different management. Yeah, so would I trade Sprong? Yes, but it would definitely be dependent on the return. He's not an untouchable. No, he's absolutely. not. He's not he's lighting not. the AHL up in the sense. Well, he's second in the league in goals, but again, um, very good on the power play. But he's not. Yeah, he point, I don't hard. think he's a point per game player, and. I'm not saying he won't be an effective NHL player. Like that's, you know, that's the hope. But got to give to get. And they're definitely going to make a trade. Do you feel like giving up someone like Cole or Marta thins them out too much on the blue line? Um. I assume Cole or Mata will be on the team. One of them. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. And, you know, no matter how that shakes out, whether... Okay, let's assume Dumoulin and Latang are the top pairing, just for yep. argument's sake. It's either going to be Schultz and Mata or Schultz and Cole, which has been functional in the past. And then you still got Hunwick and whatever Whoever. you want to do down there. I... Still find it amazing that a team no more than three or four years ago that had, you know, a highly touted pipeline of defensive youth is so barren at the back line now. They're just so barren back there. Well, they had to get rid of Dupre because they knew that Vegas was going to get an expansion team. And when they played their one game a year there, that wouldn't be good for him. <laughs> Disappointing to very, see. Very, very much foresight on their part. Very good. <laughs> and then the Pouliot stuff. Like it's the thing. It's the fact they just sort of threw them away. Although they got Lovejoy back, and you know, he certainly was serviceable. Um, yeah, he yeah, was serviceable in that run, but he hasn't been great in Jersey. No. All right. Um, all right. Let's start pounding some of these questions out. Jordan Faulkner asked a question about the guys down the AHL. 
I think we kind of um, briefly. Yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty much. And he's right. Haven't even brought up Aston Reese. I guess he had like a weird um, illness or infection or something was. Go- oh, wi- maybe wisdom teeth out. Oh, that's always fun. And, and he was, uh, he had a slow start. Um, and since he came back, I want to say that uh, his game was has been a little bit better. So, yeah. Uh, how's he doing? Twelve points in twenty-two games. Not not where you want to be, but I'm. I think like the first eight games were like not great. So. Yeah. But the 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 tail end of of Faulkner's questions, a solid one. He's as worried as I am that that. You know, Rutherford will will make a move that oh, I think my biggest fear with the move that Rutherford might make will be going back to a, a known commodity. Would be going back to a Latesti or going back to a Cullen. That's what worries me because Cullen's Cullen's gone. Like yeah, he's, he's getting cooked. he's cooked. Yeah, he's he's getting sat by he's getting sat by the wild either to rest him to make sure he doesn't peter out or he's just not up to it anymore which at his age that's allowed to happen so yeah, I don't like... he's had an awesome career yeah i don't like the idea of going back to that um and latestu for me is always just meh you know so latestu one of his bigger values to the oilers is he isn't half bad on the power play okay good luck uh, good luck taking kessel's spot yeah, which is what he'd be having to do. So what's the point of, of bringing someone like that in? So, I, and like we said, well, like, you know, I wanted to see earlier, I would much rather see the the youth come up, be given a couple of cracks. Okay, cool. We know that they're not quite ready. Fine. Let's go and make a move. Just the fact that they haven't tried that prior to saying we're going to go and make some moves, that's, I think, the thing that frustrates me the most. I don't think they've exhausted everything in-house yet. Um, all right, Wolfie, you need a sign. <laughs> you need to have a hockey herd sign at the back of the Coyotes bench. All right. So uh, that's what you need. Our buddy Wolfie, Wolfram Ott, on the Twitter machine. Fiance and him are taking the family to a Penn's Coyote game tomorrow. What sign should they make to make sure they're on the broadcast? I think I think the hockey hurts sign is the obvious answer here. Exactly right. But seeing as he's probably going to be dressed in all penguins gear, he's probably going to get seen anyway. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we will not pay for any advertisement, but that's what you should do. <laughs> There's a bar in Cape Cod um, in Dennisport. That on one of their tables, uh, hockeyhurts.com is carved into it. <laughs> and no, it no, wasn't just that. me being belligerent. Uh, it was one of those kind of tables where tons of people carve shit into it. That's cool. Let's just say I didn't instigate that. <laughs> that wasn't the first, <laughs> the first to... Uh, um, do that so we got some advertising in the uh, New England area look at us go 
And that was free as well. Jeez, that's how it works. Well, I think we answered Ben Murphy's question that literally just came through anyway. Annual award, word, annual award for worst owner? I don't know if it's Melnick. Really? Come on, let's go through some of these guys. Well, actually, who owns the Coyotes? Is that still the NHL? <laughs> no, I don't think it is. Um, the Panthers for, def- for allowing, the, for not picking a, a philosophy. Who? The Panthers. Oh, wow. They're juggling yeah. back and forth like fools. I suppose the thing for me with Melnick is that he's the most visibly crazy of the owners. Like, Florida seemed to think they could just, you know, go one direction and the other and no one would take note, but they didn't really do it publicly. The general manager might have been public about it, but the owners sort of, you know, stayed back and out of the way about it after they decided to move away from themselves. Because they were really vocal about... You know, yeah, we're going to head in this direction. We're going to try and do it this way. We can really see a point behind it. And then when they decided to, you know, tack the other direction, that's when they shut up. But we don't know what the Carolina new owner's like. Malik's the most... Yeah, uh, I guess out, you're right. Out. He wins. He wins. I mean, shit. He was the second leading topic tonight. That's true. Yeah, I'm looking through the the logos of the league and congrats, Eugene. <laughs> Perennial winner though. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I like too many net neutrality comments this past week, so I buried all I'm, the questions from last week. <laughs> I'm going back through the the older ones. Um, Lance Fry asked a good question about Ian Cole. I think we answered that earlier. You know, if and when Ian Cole gets traded, do you think it'll be a one-for-one one deal? I think oh, you answered that. That's tough to predict. No, I know. But we, we gave it our best shot. <laughs> I'll say this. If he's traded, I bet there's an extension attached to it to increase the Absolutely. value. Absolutely has um, to be. I found one. Brian Nolan, 20. Who has the best third line in the NHL? Um... Well, without doing any research, it ain't the Penguins. No. It was. HBK was a hell of a line. Shit, I don't even know who. I've been so busy this fall. I'm going to get there, and I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I would say the teams with potentially the best would be Nashville and Tampa. Nashville would have Benino, right? They're so deep. Like, that's that's the thing, is that... And, you know, you could probably make an argument that Vegas' deadline's probably not too bad either. They just don't have that elite front-end talent. So they're probably pushing out two second lines and a third line. Yeah. I mean, this one's a tough question because I, I am not up with my depth charts. Yeah. As I look through Anaheim right now, it's certainly definitely... Definitely not Joseph Blandisi, Antoine Vermette, and Andre Case. <laughs> oh, Prague Kase. Um, okay, so Daily Faceoff has an interesting 
third line here. I don't know who the hell Christian Fisher is, but I do know who Clayton Keller and Dylan Strom are, and they're both labeled on this third line. Interesting. They're the leader in the clubhouse as I slowly click through all the third lines. It makes for great podcasting. <laughs> Lots of research went into this. I bet you Calgary's okay. Janikowski, Bennett, and Hathaway. I don't know who the f- Is Janikowski the dude they traded for Aginla? Was he? Oh. Did he finally I, weasel his way to the NHL? Uh, I'd be lying if I said I knew. No idea. Absolutely no idea. Oh, actually, Brendan Babcock makes a, asks a good question about the, the puck tracking thing. Okay. Right? What the fuck are they trying to do, trying to reinvent the wheel? Oh, how they don't want to use chips? Yeah. Like, just improve on what's already there out there in the market. Don't get there and try and make it a, a They're not even intrusive. <sighs> I mean, so, I, it might have been Wyshynski or Lozo that made a, a relevant point here. If you do go and put a chip on a player, whose proprietary information is that? Is it the NHLPAs or is it the NHLs? So if the NHL want to get there and do it through cameras because they want to own the thing themselves without the players being able to have a say on it, that I get. But if it's just because they want to come up with something new, that's just stupid. It's like put the chips in the players, put the chip in the fucking puck. You can then at least know if the puck's crossed the line, for starters. But the the data tracking... In the most sort of NHL stuff, thing ever... The puck will be in the yep. corner, and the goal thing will go on, and they'll be like, well, the, the, the chip said it went in. Yeah. I, it's just, I, just think it's, I just think it's silly to try and recreate something that's already out there and already being used. Basketball seems to be uh, functioning just fine. And you can, there are teams that have got those chips in their gear anyway. When you see them take off their jerseys, they're in the back of their shoulder pad settings. Like, all the AFL teams over here use them. They just put them in the back of their jumper and they play. So I don't understand why they're trying to come up and use cameras to try and and do this rather than just whack the chips in and away you go, particularly in the pucks. How's that going to change the dynamic of a puck? I I don't understand. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, although there there are some valid arguments for it's going to be the wild west when they finally get this information and there's going to be a lot of snake oil meaningless stuff there's we're going to need to spend a lot of time testing the validity and prediction value of a lot of this new age information and of course that's part of the natural process you can't do that without getting the information first yeah. So while I think it's really awesome and cool that they're going to, like, this technology could exist and they could implement it, it's going to take um, a little bit of time. It's not going to be immediate to, to find out what matters and what doesn't. What's going to be hilarious, though, is... Um, this guy's average that... miles per hour through the slot is, and it's like, oh, fucking, I don't know. What does that mean? <laughs> that... that... See, for me, it's going to be more like um, 
the sort of the tracking stuff that I, I find relevant at the moment is I want heat maps on gap control. Correct. That that's the one that you, at the moment you can't get with the with the static data that everybody's collecting from the game sheets, right? So you can't get those sorts of things. Those are the areas. What sucks about stuff like that though is that when the players start to see that and they improve that area, what does that do? Shuts down scoring. No, I know. It's, but it's what, what what I want to know is gap control, and then I would further uh, investigate that player for their zone exits. And if both were good, like, and but they weren't very offensive, that's your defensive defenseman. Correct. Absolutely. That's one you could pay money and be like, yeah, I know he's not really like pointing it up, but ain't nobody get the blue line on him, and he's clean clean with his breakouts like that's yes that's, that's what the, i want yep and that's fine and while while you're while your team's ahead of the curve on that information that's great but then as soon as everybody else does start to catch up all of a sudden that just reduces scoring i might have a third line yeah nashville like you said yeah. Although I don't know, I don't. I, I'm not pouring cold water on daily faceoff. I've certainly used them uh, over the years, but I have to question. <laughs> Left wing Nick Benino, center Ryan Johansson, right wing Victor Arvidsson. Who are they playing? Is it who are they listing as the second line center then? Carl Carl Youngcroc. Oh, Youngcroc. Yeah. Okay. He's not better than Johansson. Is that really no, what they're that's... doing right now? I reckon they're probably. They've probably got an algorithm in regards to time on ice because Johansson plays well in fits and starts. Is Benito He's... really playing the wing? Wouldn't surprise me. Really? Has he ever done it? Yeah, I think he did it in Vancouver, maybe. Yeah. Or, or in um, Anaheim, even. He's he's a jack of all trades kind of player. You can kind of throw him wherever you sort of need him to be, and he's not terrible really at anything. He's just not a quick skater. Speed. So, well, speed, I guess, would be the. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. Any of any of the teams that are leading the division have probably got a very good third line. And Nelson, if they haven't, Hosang Sazikas oh, ruins that. Moving on. <laughs> I'm going through all these teams. You can't say I didn't put effort into answering this question. <laughs> Grabner, Kevin Hayes, Jesper Fast. Not bad. No. Probably that's... not the best. How's Mike Hoffman out of Ottawa's third? Whatever. Carlson, get the fuck out of there. If no, Hoffman's on the third line, if this is an accurate uh, portrayal. Uh, do we have any more? Uh, I'm just I'm flipping my way through. Well, Jordan Faulkner last week asked whether Eric Stahl might be uh, a handy solution for I, Pittsburgh. Definitely. And, yeah, and Chad Tully asked about uh, Derek Broussard as well. So you've done well. You've managed to remember the questions without remembering to read them. You've done beautifully. That's why I get the big bucks. It is. It's exactly right. But, uh, yeah, Eric Stahl would be fine. Um, I just don't I think, think Eric Stahl would be more than fine. He's he's really, you know, his his later Carolina years. I think he was probably checked out based on the team situation and the contract um, looming and all that. 
He's been really good. On top, on top of that, though, he was being asked to play first-line centre. He's not in mini. That's also a valid, very valid point. And, you know, you go to Pittsburgh, you go down the lineup a little bit further again, and you start getting much easier um, quality of competition. So... Is he is he at that point still in his career where he can lift those around him? I suppose that's what I want out of the third line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he'll play a second power play. I bet you could even kill penalties pretty good. Yep, he could play wing if you need to. Even though you're obviously getting him for center, but um, yeah, I've always thought highly of Eric Stahl, even when he's had kind of those um, plateaus in his career. I just I can't see Mini trading him off now that they've sort of got their shit together and they're in a playoff spot and they are seven and three. No, I don't, I don't think he's quite available. But the question was, could he help? Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know what's really funny? The last podcast we did, we both kind of declared that Philadelphia are toast, right? Well, they are toast as far as the playoffs. I think you, you, you realize they're five you in a row. That you. Realize they're only two points behind Philly, right? Uh, behind New York. Yeah, but... Like, they're as close to a playoff spot as Pittsburgh aren't. <laughs> no, correct. And I do get that, and I think it's been pretty impressive to, to drop those ten and then come back five strong. But, you know, I'm not really wavering from my preseason evaluation of them that they're... Pretender is the wrong word because that's a little bit cruel, but I, I just don't think they're in that um, grouping of, of teams that is going to make a run at it. And you know what? If they prove me wrong, yeah, so be it. But um, do you really predict them to be in the playoffs? I, I, I don't. It's just that I think that they've done a magnificent job of Because I'm looking, themselves- at, I'm looking at the Hurricanes who, again, have, they tried their best with Darling. They're still getting bad goaltending. They have a game in hand. If they win that game, they're tied with Philly. Like, yeah. I, I could see Pittsburgh missing the playoffs. Like, so there, they, is, there is a scenario that is very realistic right now where they um, – because, you know what? They're not doing great right now, and, I, you know, me saying it on a podcast ain't going to change nothing. Sid or Gino go down. See ya. Correct, absolutely. But you you get there and you go, they're 33 games into the year, there's 49 left. I don't think they can sit on their hands much longer. They're not. Doing the same thing game after game, which is what it's been like for about the last 10 games. It's been the same thing over and over and over. And the power play is what has won this 10 games this year. Five on five, they have struggled severely. So it, it's one of those things where they have to work out how they can get better five-on-five five production. Um, otherwise, that that uh, playoff line is going to get further and further away. I found the third line. Toronto, Bozak, Ben Riemsdyk, Connor Brown. Jesus, that's all right, isn't it? And this is with Austin Matthews out of the lineup. Their first See? line he... is probably not far off from the third line. Hyman, Marlowe, Marner. Second line, Kamarov, Kadri, Nylander. 
third line Van Riemsdyk, Bozak, Brown. Like that that depth chart makes sense to me. See, that feels like three second lines. Yeah, doesn't it? And and, and that's the difference. It's like Pittsburgh theoretically have two first lines and nothing else. And, and that's, We've invented that's a time machine back to 2013-14. And, and that's that's it's why you need with Kessel no Paul Martin to save line. the day. <laughs> or Niskanen. But that's what that's what they need. They they need somebody to allow Kessel to play off Gino's wing. They've done and, and okay. To, well, that's underselling it. I do want them split, and, and and the funny thing is, when Kessel first got traded for, I was very adamant about, well, you didn't trade him to fucking play on the third line, and um, you know that uh, that was wrong. The HBK was great, and uh, since then I've adjusted my train of thought on that. In that, and um, Dawson Spriggins um, recently hired uh, in Colorado for multiple sports. Uh, don't tell me about Hart. They had a presentation at uh, RIT uh, two years ago talking about how spreading the elite talent and, and having those players pick up the average talent um, is, is almost better spent than overkill on the same line. And, and HBK was – that was the HBK time. And I'm like, yep. well – the, the team I cover, this is making a lot of sense. So I've kind of changed a little bit in the sense that Kessel is that good. Obviously, he's a first-line player. And if you can get like guys like Shiri playing on a line with Kessel on a third line, like that's more than acceptable. But it's, the, it's, the problem with uh, the Penguins is Carl Hagelin has just fell off the table. Not possession-wise, but he's not an impact player. And at four mil, when you're needing cap space and you're needing to shake something up, the problem is he had tons of value. HBK time, that has evaporated. Like now his contract's probably looked at as a not so hot. Yeah. I was. Did you expect to see this ridiculous drop off? I didn't. Uh, I, I, ex- I fully expected a drop off. I thought that was reasonable because he was producing at like top end offense. That was lightning in a bottle, and I, I gathered that. But this, yeah, that's what I mean. This is ridiculous. I wouldn't have expected this. This is past regression. This is dog this is, shit. Uh, falling off to hell. This is dog for the shit. guy. Let me. Uh, what's What's he at? Oh my god, are you shitting me? See, like I said, I haven't been up on this shit. Alright. <laughs> <sighs> Here we go. Carl Hagelin. 0.79 points per 60 this year. That's Ryan Reeves-ish. No, it's not. He's at 0.83. He's better than him. <laughs> this is some Zach Sill shit. <laughs> it's terrible. This is like Craig Adams could do this like this year. What other fucking bags of shit can we bring? Tanner Glass, come on down. 
No, let's not go. Let's not uh, inflict Why? that upon You know what? Anybody. I didn't look up Tanner Glasses last year in Pittsburgh, and we're going to look up his points per 60. Yeah, this is good podcasting. You're going to start No, this me. is terrible. This, this is, is I wish I hadn't put this up. Okay, so I'm wrong. Zach Sill had 20 games <laughs> in 2013. He had 0.00 points per 60. So okay. I apologize to you, Carl. Sill, <laughs> what a fucking duster. Um <laughs> Craig Adams, 0.66. Ah, shit. So, Haglin and Reeves, good on you for being better than these all-time terrible bottom six players. Taylor Pyatt, 0.53. So, I guess this year isn't as bad bottom six-wise as that 2013-14 season. How goddamn embarrassing are these numbers? It does show you Like, 1.0 is complete shit. And they're like Harry Zollnerchuk. 0.94. 0.94. Oh, third line center legend, Brandon Sutter, 0.96. God, Pittsburgh got away with a lot with that trade. And the reason not so for much... this year up, Tanner Glass, 1.1. Better than all of them. <laughs> I, it's... It's interesting that it feels like the league is starting to work out, no matter how slowly, how important it is to actually have the puck. So not just dump it in to go and retrieve it, but to have the puck and get into the zone with control. Um, so it's if you can do a that, parity with the possession. I do so think teams are, are they, you know. Publicly, they may shit on, like, Corsi and stuff like that, but I think a lot of teams are making a conscious effort to get away from, like, the blind dump and chase nonsense. So the separation of good possession players um, to being good players that are actually helping your team win is this thing with Hadwood. His possession's okay, but his points per 60 is a disgrace. It so is he's a not... disgrace. I cannot believe it was that low when I just looked that up. I knew it was no. bad, but like, ugh. This is the thing. When you get paid, like if it, if it was Jonathan Marshall show getting paid 750000 that's okay. Yeah, but at four mil, yeah, like those two contracts should be swapped. Let's do that. Let's let's get on the, the JM train. Absolutely. All right. I'll write a Saturday blog. Or will I? I feel like a Saturday blog's wasted. Nobody traffic is down on the weekends. Maybe it'll be a Monday blog. People have a life. Then again, it's late December. Nobody reads shit. <laughs> the numbers always go down this time of year. Motivation gets down. That's hilarious because, like, this is peak middle of the goddamn season. When, yeah, but you know, people aren't at work. That's true. People aren't bludging at, at work. That's a very I forget to, that. People are killing time. Like. It's easy to get motivated trade deadline time in July. Like it's um, crazy the, the the traffic that goes through hockey buzz during those times. But like now it it does um, dwindle. It, it doesn't matter if your team's intriguing. Like I've done it for close to five years now, and Pittsburgh's been great. And they've been like <laughs> we just ripped on the 2013 fort. Like it always goes down November uh, December. Because of the Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Because I suppose it would pick up again in January when we start thinking about the trade deadline. And yep. obviously, yeah. Yep. 
And then I can come up with some misleading titles and get them clicks. <laughs> Jeez, I tell you what, you'd be a good sub-editor for a heading, wouldn't you, at a newspaper? Yeah, I've been trying to do crappy puns this year. I think I've been successful. <laughs> hey, you've done a couple of good puns. It's the Isles, um, the Isles one you did a couple of I thought I'd give some more uh, kudos on that one. Oh, I like that one. What was it? Well, I'll you're getting official, take it. <laughs> you're getting official hockey hurts kudos for that now. Today's wasn't um, clever, but I uh, shoehorned a lot of fear and loathing in Las Vegas quotes into the blog, so that's a win for me. <laughs> that movie. Have you watched that movie? Which is it? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. No. Nah. The um, film adaptation of Hunter S. Thompson's novel. With Johnny Depp. No, Basically, no idea. Didn't fucking, even know it existed. Crazy ass drug induced uh, trip into Las Vegas, and I don't know how. <sighs> Listeners, how how do I explain that movie to somebody who doesn't know what it is? I will look it up. Oh, it's insanely good. It is one of my favorite movies from my high school days. So Johnny Depp and Benicio del Toro um, travel to Vegas and do every drug imaginable, <laughs> and it's just uh, <laughs> absurd. And so, because they were in Vegas today, I and Pittsburgh losing three in a row, loathing the fear of missing the playoffs was my yeah. That's not bad. So you're probably reading some of those quotes like, what is going on? It's a little that way sometimes. We can't but stop here. That's... This is back country. <laughs> you're probably like, what? <laughs> yeah. That's when they were on the highway and he was tripping on acid, I believe. And they, <laughs> yeah. Highly suggest watching it. I'll have to give it a crack. Anymore? We've done No, I, I think we made I, it for last I'm week. Tapped out. Yep, I am tapped out. You want to get political? <laughs> Let's leave that for another day. Right in hell, Roy Moore, you fucking dickhead. <laughs> yeah, that's enough for me. I think that pretty much covers that. It's not a bad way to put it. Fuck that FCC guy, too. Yeah, that one's... um. I'll leave it at that. I had to get that out. That's not political either. That's just common decency. As a rule, yeah. Hey, maybe not try to fuck 14-year-olds. I guess that's political. I don't know. Uh, it's <laughs> certainly religious from the looks of it. <laughs> Sorry. As it gets into the later morning for you, that just means the podcast is deeper into the night for me. Ah, this is what we're getting to right now. Yeah. I've heard some ice go crackle crackle. The ice is all melted though. Which means uh -huh. it's probably a proper time to quit. Alright, let's wrap this thing up. I actually have to get going. I've got a freaking wine tour to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so... This guy was out last night too. Yeah, yeah. It's Christmas! Party Central. Um, all right, so what have we what have we got? We're on Twitter. 
uh, at Walshy66, at Gunnerstall, at underscore Hockey Hurts. Um, please rate us on iTunes if you use that. Um, anything is good there, which would be great. Um, all positives, though, of course. Um, you can find us um, about 10, ro- 10 rows back from the uh, Penguins bench at the uh, <laughs> Fence Coyotes game tonight, thanks to Wolfie. Wolfie. So Wait, thank that, you very oh, much. Tonight, your time, right? Uh, no, it'll Wait, be tomorrow morning playing... my time. I think they play tomorrow. Is it Saturday they play? No, no it'll be not... Sunday. They're not playing tonight, are they? Like, right now? Uh, not that I... No, it's it's tomorrow night. I do cover this team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find us on Facebook. Um, and uh, you can find Ryan's uh, wonderful writing in Punnel Central... Uh, titles uh, at uh, Hockey Buzz, and uh, I cover Jonathan Marshall at Hockey Buzz now. That that'll be my. my <laughs> oh, my I can't. New task. Is that I how you wait. say it? I can't wait. I gotta go on YouTube and have like the fucking. I gotta look up his highlights and see how the hell you. Marshall. I still can't get. I still can't get Nico Hershey right. So. You don't have. You don't have to. Jonathan no, is a common name. Jonathan Bernier, who boned the Penguins over the other night. But Nico, yeah. there's no other Nikos. You don't even have to bother with the last name. He's oh, like, that's true. He's like Bono, but in hockey. <laughs> he's and, like Bono. And nobody he's, knows. He's hockey's him. version of Bono. There you go. Or Madonna. Or... I don't know. Prince... Nero. <laughs> All right, we gotta get out of here before this gets messy. All right. Um, as always, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we we do appreciate it. Sorry for the week off. Uh, we, uh, we will try to keep our weekly pace, but uh, don't get too mad if life gets in the way. So we'll see you next. Sorry. Week. Bye.